Good morning, Eugene. Hey, good morning. So what are we talking about today? <laughs> so I was thinking a lot in these um, fun quarantine times that so many people have this desire to do a business or be independent from their job and maybe they're you know, sitting at home working from home and realizing that there's there's so much available time in a day if you're working for yourself or like by yourself that like I found myself much more productive almost to the point where I feel like I'm working too much hours <laughs> and I'm not getting paid anymore and the company that I'm working for you know is happy that I'm able to continue working but they're also like suspicious that I'm not doing the full amount of work. So it's almost backwards that I feel like I'm doing more work because I'm spending more hours on more focused work trying to trying to show the company that yes, I really am working, but there's still a little there's like there's this like hint of we don't really trust you, even though you're like literally producing more work than you used to, we're still suspicious that you're not working enough and we're going to keep asking more and more. So then I was thinking, okay, in this discussion that we have of you know, freelancing or starting your own side business to supplement your income, you have like realized that you have a lot more time if you have a task to work on then if you were in an office and you have meetings and you sort of, you know, chat with your colleagues or just sort of waste time at work and that behavior of talking with people at work, all that workplace activity is seen as productive <laughs> where I don't think it is. If I, if I was like solely judged by output of work they would never send us back to the office because if I work for eight hours straight without getting up, it's way more productive than I work for an hour and then I have a meeting and then I go to lunch and like I walk around and going to the bathroom takes five minutes because it's on the other side of the building. So I think you have a lot more available time to work at home when there are no distractions and that sort of pivoted me into thinking, okay, say that I decide to be like a contractor, uh, self-employed sort of consultant type. And I think that I could produce at least like double if I was focused on just the work as opposed to the social meeting aspects of having a corporate job and then maybe that would be a way to like overcome the financial stability of like office work where yeah I'm I could find three clients and in the same time that I work one job I could work two or three equivalent jobs get paid you know hourly or by project and just have more available billable hours i guess basically 
than I would working full time because there's so much sort of like pageantry about working with other people in an office as opposed to working on tasks. And like, I'm not saying it's any better or worse. It's almost, it's almost nice going into an office and hanging out with people you like and where work is an important part. But I would say that the, the social parts of working at a company are just as important as the actual output of your work. But if you're a contractor, it's like no one cares if you're socializing or going out for lunch with your friends. You, you're just expected to get your work done. So in 10 hours, I, I could see myself you know, doing a week's worth of work and that that could be a way of um like having a direction to go when starting your own business you can just keep doing what you're doing and focus on the work and spend your time doing the work and like bill for it does that does that make sense no oh, yeah absolutely i mean you're totally right um that's why full time job always pays less than you could get kind of doing it on your own. Yes, there's more risk, but also there's less time wasting on social. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like I I do like that social stuff. Like I like at home now, I feel like I'm driving straight into being burned out. Because I don't know, like how many how many days in a row can I write, you know, ten hours of Java? Like, that's not a fun activity. And having no breaks to chit chat or even just sit in a stupid meeting that no one cares about, there's something like a little relaxing. Just watching some executive you know, make a fool of themselves or talk about how like, optimistic everything should be, but. It's nice. It's nice hearing perspectives and seeing other people and not just focusing on, okay, I have to like write a lot of Java today. Today I wrote a thousand lines. Tomorrow, got to double it. I don't know what it's for, but we need that output. <laughs> so, and that also kind of pivoted me to think, well, so I'm doing this work now because I just, you know, happened to get this job. But if I'm a freelancer, I could experiment doing different work. So I could pick up a contract being a project manager, like organizing someone's like roadmap and timeline. And that could be like a twice a week type. You come in, you have a couple calls, you organize their scrum board or something. And okay, that's a service that some company needs and they don't want to have a full-time person doing it, so they would rather contract it out. I don't really see how that would actually happen these days, but with coding, it's it's so much easier. They they want this thing done, and they're willing to give, I don't know, 10 hours a week to some programmer. And like 10 hours is a long time to work, but if you know that you have several of these contracts you'll get that work done and still have more time to work and maybe you can pick up more and more projects and you can pick up 
different projects. So maybe working on someone's blog pays less than doing some data analysis these days. And then you can sort of test out the market and see which which direction you can go into. So you can sort of pick five different types of work and see which one pays more, which one is easier to get. And you can sort of do the business that way based on availability and what you want to do and what's what's getting the more like the better contracts. Yeah. That's the beauty of being a freelancer or at least starting out as a freelancer. You can try things and figure out what you like, what you don't like. You can have different, I guess, um, directions that you can take and kind of see how it goes. Right. Is that what you mean? Right. Because like now I'm at a company and I'm, I'm sort of doing the same thing every day because I was hired for some purpose and like I've had like team changes where they're like, okay, that project's done. You're now working on this project and it's now a different thing, but your salary is the same. The everything's the same, but now you're working on this new thing. If you're, if you're a contractor and you're again, writing some backend for a blog that could have paid a lot when that was in demand, but now you can be doing the same sort of programming, but now you're programming the back end of like a data ingestion pipeline. Who knows? And yeah, you have to learn some new skills and figure out like modern practices, but you can pivot and also adjust your your like rate. So you know now that someone working on like data ingestion gets paid more than someone working on a back end of a blog. And yeah, you might be really good at writing blogs, but it might be time in this economy and this time to switch to doing the thing that's more in demand so you can charge more. And that also allows you to feel out where the market in general is going. So if you just see more and more data gigs pop up, you know that's where you should be focusing on. And I think you'll be more aware of like industry trends if you try out different projects as opposed to just work on the one. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's, I mean, obviously I'm a little biased, but, um, <clears throat> but I feel like when you have more options to experiment, you don't get bored as quickly. <laughs> yeah. And maybe like an example in your field, like you could start off offering bookkeeping services uh, tax planning services, actual, you know, returns. So that's three different things. And you could you could just see what where the demand is, what pays more. So maybe you'll pivot away from doing returns and doing more tax planning and have like bookkeeping as like a safety or something. But that diversification I find interesting to think about. Yeah, absolutely. So the kind of the Rising to the occasion versus falling back on on your safety net—that's kind of probably the best way to to have it. Right, like you'll always, you know, be able to get bookkeeping jobs or tax 
preparation jobs. But I think it's also interesting that you were talking about this like new wave of accounting, how it's a lot of tax planning and sort of advising uh, business owners how to set up their business or how to maintain it in a way that's tax beneficial. Yeah. And that might be something new. And in five, 10 years, there could be a different sort of uh, role that accountants can, can play. And if you're constantly seeking new little contracts, you might be able to sort of be ahead of the curve and already knowledgeable about a skill that not a lot of people are aware of, but that will soon become very popular. That, yeah. that, that might be too optimistic, though. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's actually very realistic, um, I think. I mean, um, I was just at an event um, a couple of days ago, and it wasn't. it was not an accountant event, but there were a lot of accountants on it at it. Um, and I've noticed that people who were at the event, they are more thinking forward. How can we move away from just doing the mundane every day and kind of like, um, pivot, not pivot necessarily because the accounting work will always be needed and necessary, uh, but kind of like do other things besides the mundane stuff that you do every day. But at the same time, all of us, I, I would say, agree that having those basic skills make us feel a little bit more protected or safe. Yeah, having having the knowledge or the, I don't know, opinion that these boring sort of tasks will will be around and you can always fall back on, you know, Java development, uh, accounting for big company preparing thousands of people's tax returns those like that base knowledge and like i mean i i don't see a situation where i can't get a job at you know a bank a hospital uh, an insurance company doing like mundane software maintenance whether that be actually writing the code testing it project managing it figuring out what maintenance needs to be done. There's like a whole like rat's nest of jobs that these big companies need to maintain forever. And you see that with like the unemployment thing with COBOL. Like, yeah, you could always support infrastructure. And those aren't super high paying jobs. They're not really exciting, but those are necessities and even as they get less popular or seen as sort of boring or mundane those salaries can go up i i could see someone making more money working at a boring thing just because of like supply and demand no one wants to do it even if everyone can no one wants to so they'll have to pay more to entice you to just to do this boring work and i don't think there's anything wrong with coming into work, uh, you know, doing maintenance on a enormous code base that doesn't, that doesn't like spark joy, but hey, they're paying you, this is work, and 
like you are making a difference. Infrastructure and support is the thing that keeps everyone going. But that also doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to find new stuff and challenge yourself that way. So I think I you agree. can go back and forth. I agree. I think uh, if you kind of, I mean, it changes once you have kids and stuff. Um, because you often don't have time to explore much. Yeah. I mean, even now, as I, like, I also thought that these boring jobs were boring. But thinking about it as maintenance, and I I feel that there should be, you know, smart, passionate people working to maintain, like, core infrastructure. And no, it's not flashy work, but I don't think that the boring people that are bad at their jobs should be doing the boring work. Like, you could make it interesting... You could see it as vital, and I think that companies that are um, more aware of how important their infrastructure is will pay competitive salaries to do this maintenance work. And sure, it might not be cutting edge or up to date and up to date with like modern practices, but it's still important. And I don't think there's anything wrong with working like a maintenance corporate job either. Like I almost, I get like a good feeling thinking that, okay, I'm supporting infrastructure and that's something that's pretty valuable. Is that, that might be anti um, to what we're talking about. <laughs> I just don't know if supporting supporting by you know supporting legacy the, systems uh, legacy systems just for the sake of supporting um is right <laughs> well it, if it's not broken don't fix it and if it's been working the whole time like i don't think you want your bank to be using the the newest javascript frameworks like nah let the banks use the boring Java and just, you know, pay people to do the the old work that everyone knows how to do. And you'd want good people that are like, you know, smart, quote unquote, to, to be doing this maintenance because you don't want some kid to come in, rewrite it all in Python and, oh, whoops, we didn't think about these five scenarios and now we lost trillions of dollars. <laughs> Yeah. Um I just I think whenever you kind of make a decision or not make a decision kind of like think about whether or not you should, you know, work for somebody or try things on your own, I don't think you should be worried about your company. <laughs> well, even if you're a freelancer, you can choose to contract with like one of these bigger companies. And these bigger companies, a lot of them see tech as sort of like a cost center. The accountants, like for sure, don't love that we have these enormous costs that they don't understand. So it's very easy to say, well, we're spending too much on maintenance. How do we cut that down? Or how do we limit our risk? 
So some people bring it internal and have like a small team of people working on it. But other companies are like, well, the tech isn't our core business. There's no reason to have employees doing this. Let's contract this out. And again, those contracts aren't interesting. Hey, we need you to like work for a month to update our thing. Okay, um, that's boring. But if they're willing to pay for it and they see it as a like a once in a while type maintenance, that could be a good client that, I don't know, once a year, twice a year needs you to like do some sort of task. And that's just like a, like a small gig you have as part of your like overall plan to diversify your skills. You can always fall back on the readily available maintenance type work. I guess, I guess. I mean, um, I would say that it's nice to have something to fall back on. Like it's nice to have a set of skills to be able to do that, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't. Um, and a lot of people also do. Um, and I feel like like at least thinking about it or kind of, considering it or knowing about it kind of makes you more, what's the word, confident or secure, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you you want to do all these things, you personally, you know, write a book and have a podcast and do all of this like new age accounting. What if you get discouraged and you're just like, oh man, I'm just so tired. I need like a year to not feel the pressure of having to like innovate every single day. And then you go and do some tax returns for a year. I don't know, like go work for some random company doing some random accounting. And that could be a, like a nice change of pace for you to reset. And then maybe you'll get bored of that job and have some new ideas about like the direction you want to go. And maybe you need that stability or the, the lack of newness <laughs> to just chill out and be like, Hey, I don't have to be a small business owner today. Let me just relax and take the corporate sponsored health insurance. Um, yeah. I mean, the reason that I am doing all these other things, you know, like the book and the educational stuff and, and um, new age accounting is because I did get bored with, the traditional stuff, you know, just like living from tax season to tax season kind of thing, mm-hmm. bookkeeping to bookkeeping. Um, it just, I got bored. I mean, I got bored many years ago, but I found ways of kind of unboring myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not a word. Um, kind of with, with the new knowledge, the new skills, the new tools in my toolbox and stuff like that. But you know, the book is the next step. Educational stuff is the next step. And I'm still kind of, I still want to be an accountant. Like that's kind of, I geek out on like tax stuff. I talk to my colleagues. We have like a little group going on. I talk to my colleagues and I'm like, I love it. I love discussing like, how do you do this? Oh, how do you do that? Like, what's the best way? Um, let's discuss and, and that kind of thing. And, um, but I don't want to like, I'm bored doing like the nitty gritty 
at this point. Um, I still do it. Like certain things like complicated tax returns, I still are not boring. So like to give an example, I don't know, um, a little ADD um, in a sense that I have to, f- I have my own ways of, fo- tr- of focusing. So like when I need to focus on something, um, if it's, I-, I can tell by whether it's boring or not by the fact that whether I need some law and order going on in the background. <laughs> um, <laughs> so stuff that doesn't, that I need, I don't need to overly invest in, like it's there for the background. Um, and that helps me actually focus on what I'm doing and do it best. Um, like driving with the music on, like I can drive with the music on because I start thinking about things and like just planning. And then I get kind of not distracted, but like, my mind kind of wanders around and same thing with like bookkeeping. When I do bookkeeping, I put on um, law and order (laughs) or NCIS for that matter. But uh, when it's a partnership tax return or a corporate tax return, I shut everything off because I need hundred percent full focus and that's stuff that I cannot kind of play around with. Um, So, you know, um, Definitely trying to create new engaging things for myself. Um, and I think that that applies to everybody. It's just a matter of whether or not like you actually do something about it. Yeah. I mean, it, it is nice to diversify your activities and I do find it comforting having, you know, very hard sort of mental taxing tasks but I also like having some brain dead, like, I don't know, like, let's write some just nonsense. And it has to be done, and it's mindless. And having it go back and forth, I think is important for like long term stability. Like you can't spend 10 hours a day for five months doing something mundane. But you also can't spend that time doing super complicated, you know, mental gymnastics. It you need a like a good balance of both. Yeah. So. For sure, absolutely. And it, it's it's hard to be always kind of um what's the word um like focused or like yeah, dedicated yeah. to these like complex tasks. Yeah. And and that goes back to what you talked about in the beginning. When you are at work, you're able to kind of unfocus for those short periods of time of social interaction. And that's why you're getting the burnout kind of at home because you're working more. There's no social social interaction. There's no kind of the trashy um, stuff going on that you can kind of, you know, just um, unfocus on. <laughs> yeah, there's no gossip. There's nothing. There's just like, just keep working. Also, we're in some sort of apocalypse movie or something. So that's not helping. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, it's totally, totally understandable why you feel burnt out um, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, so I think um, let's wrap up for today. Pretty cool conversation. I actually um, um, got a word out of it. Newness. Newness. Um, I think you, should, you should write that one down. <laughs> I did. I did. Um <laughs> It's pretty cool. So newness is good. I feel like all of us 
do want some of that at least once in a while, not all the time, but once in a while we need that. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, Eugene. Talk to you later. See you.